I'm your host Amanda and I'm Hannah and if you're new here hi welcome if you like things strange and unusual and true crime you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button you can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and that'll give you access to our social media like Instagram Twitter and all that jazz and all that jazz yeah I'm sorry to put effort into it this time <laughs> all right guys we're back um Took a week off, but we're here, and uh, we have a doozy for you today. Um, so today we're going to be talking about a serial killer. There's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. Um, <laughs> so I did post a poll on our Twitter, but we didn't really get a lot of responses, and it's understandable. I mean, people got other things going on right now instead of worrying about yeah. Twitter polls, but... Um, Hopefully, um, you guys will not really like this one, but find it informative. There yeah. we go. Distract you from for. the world that's awful right now. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to talk about Albert Fish. Some of you may already know about him. Um, a lot of people don't, but... Now, which one is this? I might know this guy. So... First off, I just want to say huge trigger warning because um, mm -hmm. this one's pretty rough. Um, there's going to be a lot of graphic details, and I mean, I can't really skip any of them, so yeah. So, this, I mean, I'm not going to say exactly what all he did right yeah. now, but um, he's, a, he's a serial killer back in the 1800s. Um, he's, like, the picture that you've probably seen of him, he's that, like, really old-looking man with, like, a top hat. Hmm. No? Okay. Anyways. I might not know this one, or I might. We'll see. You may, we'll see. Um, so, we're just going to hop into it. So, Albert Fish was born May 19th, um, 1870. I always want to say, say 19, so I had to catch myself. <laughs> Even when I was typing out the script I was still saying I was still typing out 19 and I was like wait that's not right anyways so he was born in 1870 in Washington DC um his father was Randall Fish and his mother was Ellen Fish obviously he was the youngest in his family Sorry, I had to swallow. <laughs> got stuck. His father was uh, much, much older than his mother and was 75 whenever Albert was born. I'm pretty sure, like, he was, like, 40-something years older than his mom. Mm -hmm. um, and also, they had him last in later in life. So, yeah, his dad was old whenever... You know, he was born. His family history, they had, like, a severe history of mental illness. His uncles, multiple uncles, suffered from um, mania. And one of his brothers, I think, was in a mental institution. And his sister as well. His mother also had visual hallucinations and suffered from mania as well. Albert was a bedwetter up until he was a teenager. And he was a pretty sensitive kid. Um, his dad wasn't around a lot. He was like a riverboat captain. And so when his dad was there, though, he would like make fun of him kind of and call him names and stuff. 
like I don't know if it was like I don't know it was it was it was weird I guess because he wetted the bed and he was a sensitive kid so his dad was like trying to make him macho yeah don't be a sensitive pussy or whatever I don't know (laughs) that's not what he said but I'm just imagining probably yeah so a lot of Albert's um I mean after Albert's dad died um and like his mom said that she couldn't really take care of him because she didn't know what she was going to do um she didn't have a lot of money or income so she sent him to St. John's orphanage in Washington Albert while there um, he was severely beaten by older boys and caretakers as well. They would sometimes strip them, like all the boys, they, the caretakers would strip them naked and beat them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Albert said, um, so he said, and I quote, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. And I saw boys doing many things they should not have been doing. His mother eventually got a government job, so she was able to take care of him. And after he was there for about four years at age 11, um, I mean, after he was there about four years, by age nine, she got him out. So that was good, I guess. Um, at age 11, he had a head injury from falling out of a tree. There we go, head injury. It's always the head injury. But I think he was a little screwed up before that, especially Probably. with the orphanage situation. Yeah. In 1882, age 12, he met a boy, and they began to have a relationship with each other. Hmm. This boy introduced him to practices um, that were real odd. He hmm. introduced him to the practice of drinking urine and eating feces. Oh, that's disgusting. Yep. It. This is going to get worse before it gets better. Didn't know it was all the way in the 1800s. Uh, This was just some of the things that Albert added to the list of his fetishes that he had because when he was being like whipped and stuff in the orphanages, he enjoyed it. Like, yeah, it got to the point where he was like liking it, you know, and would get aroused Mm -hmm. and even some of the boys would like make fun of him for it. Mm. So, yeah. He would also visit public bathhouses and watch boys and men, like, undress and stuff like that. Throughout his teen years, he was a painter, but at, um, I mean, in 1890, when he was 20, he moved to New York City. Sorry, if I if I say the years, like, if I pause and hesitate, it's because I'm really trying hard not to say 19. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Because we're so used to, I'm like, we're not used to 1800s. Teen 90. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so when he moved to New York City, this is where he became a prostitute. Um, he was just sleeping with men pretty much, and that's how he was making, like, extra money. I didn't know in the 1800s they did that. Oh, yeah, prostitution was around. But, like, men and men, you know? Well, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, back in, like, Greek mythology, there's, there's, like, men and men. Well, I know that, but, like, I thought it was, like... Well, I guess it is shameful. I mean, it was, yeah, it was always taboo, but... It probably was under the radar. Yeah. So, what was I talking about? Oh, his mother (laughs) wanted him to settle down and get married, obviously, as all mothers do. And this is not the first serial killer that we've had a mother be like, you gotta get married, and actually, like, find a wife for them. 
And that's what she did. So she basically found this woman, and to appease his mother, he married in 1898. He married Anna Hoffman. Um, together, though, they had six children, four boys and two girls. He actually started making money by being a painter after this. Like, he stopped the prostitution, I guess, kind of. Um, when Albert was a prostitute, he also said that he molested boys um, and, like, younger boys and stuff like that. He's <clears throat> Excuse me. He said that even after he got married, he was a traveling painter, and he still would go around um, and molest children. He later said there was an incident in which a male lover took him to his to like a wax working museum or something like that, and Albert was fascinated by one of the penis model like molds that was cut in half, and you could see like what a penis would look like if it was cut in half hmm. and Albert was like <clears throat> fascinated by this he thought it was just the coolest thing he said after this he it gave him like another obsession and another fetish which was sexual mutilation so there's that so in 1903 he was arrested for grand larceny and he was sent to prison um, only for a few years though but whilst in prison he did have sexual relations with Tons of men, obviously. So, definitely, I mean, we can pick up that he's he's gay, but he, you know, wasn't going to come out as gay back then, obviously. And, I mean, he does... Most of the children that he molests and stuff like that, they are boys. Um, there are some... There's... We'll talk about it. We'll get there. But there are some girls in this, too. But So, around 1910... He was working in Delaware, and there he met a boy, or a man, excuse me, he was a 19-year-old young man named Thomas Keaton. So, Thomas, is believed that Thomas was kind of slow, like mm -hmm. um, mentally slow, mm -hmm. and Albert, and I'll probably special. talk about this again, but Albert would definitely prey on mentally um, handicapped people, mm -hmm. African-American children, stuff like that because he said that he thought that nobody would miss them as much you know mm -hmm. so he took him Katie sorry that was my dog <laughs> um, if you heard that uh, so he <clears throat> took Thomas back to his place and it said that they had sexual relations which I guess were consented question mark I don't know that part was a little blurry mm -hmm. however Albert wanted to do more with him after 10 days Albert took him out to an old farmhouse and began to torture him which he did for two weeks Albert eventually tied him up cut off his genitalia he said that he was going to kill him and cut his body up and take like some of it back to his house but he was scared that the hot weather would draw attention to him by the time he got it back to his house, which is really odd, but whatever. Um, so instead, he wrapped it with Vaseline and gave him $10 and kissed him goodbye. Wow. Yep. So no one knows what happened to the young man. Even Albert doesn't know. Um, so he could have lived or he could have died right there. We don't know. Hmm. In 1917, Albert's wife decided to leave him for the handyman. And when she did, she left behind all six kids. So he became a single father 
And after this, it was very stressful for him, and this is when he started to have hallucinations. He believed that he was God, and, I mean, he believed that God was speaking to him, and that he was like a, like an apostle, basically. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence that he ever hurt his children, like, sexually, but there is some speculation that he maybe wanted them to be involved with, like, spanking him, and we'll get to that, what that means. But... Also, in court, his kids, like, stood behind him 100% and just said that he was mentally ill. Like, because there's plenty of times where they would catch him doing things to himself. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to all that in a minute. And then there was plenty of times where he would, like, one time he was naked up on a hill. And his kids were, like, playing. And he was, like, they are like, what are you doing, Dad? And he was, like, I'm speaking to God or something like that. And they were, like, all right. And they just oh, start throwing the ball. <laughs> Okay, dad's just being dad. Um, so, anyways, I don't know. Um, yeah, he does seem like he's very mentally ill. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Albert began self-harm after this as well because of the stress, the hallucinations, all that. Plus, he always liked being harmed. So, he began to insert needles into his groin and abdomen. Yeah, needles. And sometimes That's he couldn't get them out. He also hit himself over and over with a nail-studded paddle He and inserted wool, wool dowels into his rectum and would light them on fire. So, yeah, he's basically torturing himself. Um, I'm wiggling in my chair. Yeah. You can't see me. Yeah. He eventually developed an obsession with cannibalism and began to eat raw meat, sometimes even serving it to his children, and I don't know if his kids Wait, actually ate it or how not. how did he... Cannibalism? Like, he... He... he the, the obsession, like, he began having an obsession with cannibalism, and he would, like, read things about it, and then he would, like, start eating raw meat from animals, and then eventually... Start we'll get to human? the point where he, okay. yeah, he does actually. I was going to say, wait, did we skip the murder? No, no, what no. no. <laughs> we'll get did there. Did I zone out? No. Um, so his kids eventually knew, like I said, that their dad was causing himself self-harm. Sometimes they would actually, like, walk in on him, um, like, hitting himself with this paddle. Mm-hmm. He continued throughout all of this to molest and harm children that he would come across on the streets. He chose men um, or kids, you know, of all ages. And like I said, he would choose the mentally handicapped or people that he thought would not be missed, especially homeless kids and stuff like that. He remarried in 1930 to Estella Wilcox. Um, How is he, how, how, how was he remarried already? Well, he's cray cray. I think she, she, she left him because they they weren't married long. They were only married okay. for like a week. Oh, well, and dang. she left him because he was like, "Hey, you wanna?" I mean, I'm assuming this is how this went down. He, it, it said in the things that she, she, he wanted her to do like sexual fantasies with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So it was probably like, "Hey, you wanna beat me with this wooden nail paddle?" And she was like, "I'm good, no, gotta I'm go." <laughs> and um, so I'm assuming that's how that went down. So yeah, they didn't. They weren't married long. Albert said he attempted to test his implements of hell, is what he called them, on a child that he had been molesting for some time, named Cyril Quinn. Uh, Quinn was 
Quint and his friend were playing outside on the sidewalk when Albert asked them if uh, they wanted to, like, go eat lunch or something like that. I think they were playing ball or something. And he was like, hey, have you guys had any lunch? And they said no. And they, he was like, okay, well, come back to my apartment and I'll make you guys a sandwich. The two boys went back to his apartment and they were playing on his bed. Back then, I mean, this is like, you see an old man just going to make you a sandwich. You're going to be like, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't thinking about, you know, crazy stuff. So they were playing on his bed, like jumping around, and they moved the mattress, like it, it bumped it. And underneath, they saw not a knife, a small handsaw, and a meat cleaver. They got scared and quickly ran out of there. Thank God. Wow. After, That's very lucky. Yeah, after him and his wife, his second wife divorced, he would start writing women these really disgusting letters. So he would, like find ads in the paper because you know we've talked about this before yeah where women would put in ads for like men it's like mary or something like that so he would find these women he would write them and they would be like really discussing vowel thing vowel foul, foul that's the word yeah. i was looking for things he would um also tell them in the letter like hey i'll offer you thirty-five thousand dollars to do what which is a lot back then if you, if I can just like drink your urine or huh. yeah, I did. Hold on. <laughs> One woman he actually asked if he could uh, eat her feces whilst oh. it was no, never mind. Dropping. <laughs> if you get my drift. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, there was just crazy stuff like that. And so, but one woman actually did oblige him. I don't know what she did, but she did meet up with him and I think like spanked him or something like that with his wooden nail paddle mm -hmm. and I guess he gave her 35000 I don't know but shit that's a lot of money especially back then so anywho so now How we're gonna start he have yeah. that money he's just a painter well yeah but I don't th he, I think he was kind of like a miser too like he didn't spend money on a lot of stuff oh. and they didn't live like above their means or anything like that um so, yeah, I mean, back then, you could probably make pretty good money being a painter. Yeah. I mean, people needed things painted, man. I don't know. <laughs> so, now we're going to talk about Grace Bud's disappearance, and this would become the beginning of Albert's downfall. So, May 1928, the oldest son of the Bud family had taken out an ad looking for work because he was trying to help his family. They were really poor, and they needed it. Albert saw the ad and visited the Bud family in Manhattan under the pretense that he was going to hire Edward. He also gave them a fake name and not his real one. He introduced himself as Frank Howard. So right off the bat, the family thinks that this is Frank Howard. They don't know anything about Albert Fish. You get my drift. He later confessed that he actually planned on kidnapping Edward, tying him up, mutilating him, and leaving him to bleed to death. That was his plan as he was going to this house. But he said that he, um, like when he got there, he said that he was going to hire Edward and his his friend and he would come back for them. Something happened and he couldn't make it there. I'm not really sure what it was. but So he wrote them another letter saying, hey, sorry I couldn't make it on this day, but I'll be coming on a later day to pick you guys up to go do this work. When Albert returned um, on the said date that he was supposed to, 
he met the younger sister, Grace. He also brought them strawberries and cheese, and they invited him in for lunch. Grace was 10 years old. She was shy and didn't have many friends. She, however, loved Frank, a.k.a. Albert. Um, I believe he actually came a few times because I don't think this is like day one he meets her and then asks the parents this question that I'm about to get to, but I think they probably, he probably had lunch with them a few times and every time Grace would like just love him, kind of like keeps his like a grandfather situation because he's really old. So, um, but eventually he asks her parents, he was like, Hey, um, you know, my niece is having a birthday party and I think Grace would really enjoy it. Could she come to the birthday party? He finally convinced the parents to let her go and Grace left with Albert never to be seen again. The mother and father thought maybe something terrible had happened when they didn't come home later. Because they trusted Frank, or who they thought was Frank, um, they went to the address. He, like, gave them, he was like, yeah, this is my sister's house. This is where my niece's birthday party is at. Mm -hmm. So, they went to the address the next morning that Albert had given them. And then they realized, oh, shit, this is not a real address. Like, they couldn't find it anywhere. It wasn't anywhere because it wasn't real. They went straight to the police station after this and reported um, both of them missing. And they still thought, which, nice on them. They still thought at this point maybe they were just in a horrible accident. However, when they got to the police station, the police were like, yeah, we don't know of any Frank Howard in the area and no accident has been reported. So soon after this, the police and the parents finally realized that Grace had been kidnapped by this man that they had absolutely no idea who his real name was. So it was in all the newspapers, a picture of her and a description of Grace, <clears throat> and a description of her as well. The family printed flyers and posted them all over the north, um, north the U U.S. in the north and like New York, um, <clears throat> Chicago, all those places. Excuse me, hold on. <coughs> Jeez. <clears throat> um, they even had flyers of her all the way up in Canada which I thought was crazy there were a few suspects but nothing really turned up the case went cold for about six years and that is until the parents were sent a letter um, which ultimately led them to know that this was you know Albert Fish that had done this and I'll ooh this letter's long I'll read the letter so Basically, the beginning of it's kind of weird. He's talking about, like, China and how they, like, sell kids for meat. And it was a really poor country. And I don't really know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to start there. Um, so, let me find out where I'm going to start. So, he's saying, like, he's returning from China. So, on his return to New York City, he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, then burned everything they had on. Several times <clears throat> every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender. First, he killed the 11-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass. Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, of course, this was the most meat. I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at that. Like, it's he cusses a lot in these letters, and it's weird because it's like 1800s. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like how he this remind like he's so kind of 1900s future rest like kind of thing because like he's paying these yeah. women yeah to do like. I don't think anyone in the 1800s would think of that, but now it's like a common thing because of the internet. Like, yeah. People do that all the time, and it's just a lot of things that I'm just like, wow, like, it's very... Yeah. So, basically, he's, like, saying that he did all this, or this Frank guy did all this with these kids. So, we're going to skip to when he meets Grace. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 18... I mean, 1928... I called on you at 406 West 5th Street. Brought you a pot of cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her on the pretense <clears throat> of taking her to a party. You said yes. She could go. I took her to an empty house on West Westerior. West... West Westchester, sorry, excuse me. I had already picked out. Um, when we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs, stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I had, if I did not, I would get her blood all over me. When all was ready, I went to the window and called to her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she started crying and ran downstairs. I grabbed her and she said she wanted she want she would tell her mom, her mama. First I stripped her naked. How she how how she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut small pieces of her up in my room, cooked her cooked her and ate her. How sweet and tender her little booty was roasting in my oven it took me nine days to eat her entire body i did not have sex with her though i wanted you to know that she died a virgin wow. he sent that to her parents by the way i i don't i hope the parents didn't read it i hope the yeah police, they did oh they did they yeah <laughs> that like would... uh the mom they got a letter and the the dad was illiterate he couldn't read so the mom oh, was reading God. it yeah I, would, um, I don't. I don't even know. I think I would just literally just die. I'd be on the floor. So the detectives went to work right away after this, matching the handwriting that Albert had sent. You know that letter he sent when he was like, "Oh, couldn't make it to the house. I'll be back the next time." Well, they matched the handwriting from that letter to this one. They eventually tracked tracked all of it back to Albert Fish, and the police started like trying to figure out where he was. And so, there was, like, a letter. On the letterhead, it said Chaperone Association in New York. So, they went to this place, and I'll make a long story short, that was where he was, but he wasn't there at the time. So, the woman was like, you can, like, stake out the place, and he'll be back later to pick up his check. So, they did that, and he came back later. They finally were able to confront him, and Albert agreed to go to the police station for questioning. However... Whenever they started to, um, you know, lead him out the doors or whatever, he pulled out a pocket knife and was, like, I guess he was going to stab the detective. 
Luckily, though, the detective got the situation under control and arrested Albert. And he said, when he arrested him, he said, I got you now, you son of a bitch, or something like that. Because at first, they did, you know, it was just a... They knew that it was him, but he was so willing to go to the police station. So they were like, hmm, maybe this isn't the guy. Yeah. And But then when they realized he was trying to defend himself, they were like, oh, you are the asshole. So he was charged with kidnapping and the murder of Grace. Many of the details he told about murdering Grace were pretty gruesome and were not released to the public. And he pretty much told the police everything right away when he got to the, um, when he got to the interrogation room. He even told them where the body was or where the body parts that he did not eat were. And, um, they went there and that's where they were. He also was having trouble like sitting during the interrogations and they were like what the hell are you doing like what's wrong he was in like a lot of pain and he said well it's probably because of the needles that i've inserted into my rectum and groin they didn't believe him at first but then they took an x-ray and they found 29 needles that were embedded in his body my whole body some were even in his bladder as well a psychiatrist that interviewed albert to see if he could with like withstand trial if he was like mentally stable enough to mm-hmm. um told him some pretty disturbing things he told him about molesting children every day while he was living in new york city for years he said before he explained he he said he gave an example that most of his victims were like six years old or maybe younger some were older though i mean we've talked about that he said he wore overalls with nothing underneath them, so that way any time he found a child, he could quickly get undressed, like in a back alley or whatever. He was also a painter, like I said, so while he was traveling the cities, he would usually set up his stuff in like an abandoned basement or an abandoned home where somebody had left and there wasn't you know, anybody around. He confessed to the doctor that he would torture and mutilate some of these kids with the objects that he would use on himself, like the paddle with nails and stuff like that. He also had a, um, cat, what is it called? Cat of nine tails or whatever. It's the, the, oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's got the things on it. Like you, he would use that on himself, like, and he would use that on people. There were other crimes discovered after Albert was arrested. Some were just, times that he like tried to attack kids and maybe got scared and ran off he stabbed a kid one time in the street and then just took off running and i don't know whatever happened to the kid um he also was trying to abduct a child one time and the parents like saw him on their property and was like get the hell away you know um however july 14th 1924 this was one of the murders that they did link back to him. He saw nine-year-old Francis McDonald playing on the front porch of his house. Francis was not a ty- typical victim, though, because his dad was actually a police officer. So, later that day, however, he saw him and his friends playing, like, close to the house, but not on the porch anymore. And he approached them, and he got him to follow him. His friends would later say that, yeah, an elderly man came up with a gray mustache and got Francis to like go with him even a neighbor said that she saw an old man walking Francis into the woods but she didn't think anything of it the mother even said she remembered seeing an old man down like in the street but 
she didn't really pay attention to him. This is when the kids were up on the porch. Mm-hmm. And she said she remembers him, like, messing with his hands and, like, talking to himself. So she thought he was just kind of crazy, but not, like, a serial killer type of crazy. Because if you see this picture of Albert Fish, you're going to be like, that's a serial killer. What? Mm-hmm. He looks like an old man that is about to just kill over. Yeah. So... Like I said, she thought he was just harmless, homeless guy. A search was organized for Francis, and they found his body hanging in a tree nearby his house in the woods. He had been sexually assaulted and then strangled with his own suspenders so much that it was almost like there was cuts in his neck. The autopsy revealed that he had suffered extensive cuts to his legs and abdomen, and his left hamstring had almost been completely stripped of the flesh. Mm. Albert said he intended to castrate the boy, but fled when he thought he heard someone approaching. They obviously never linked um, Francis's killer to Albert until, you know, he confessed. But around town, this killer, since it was a cold case, the people always said that um, it was the, the gray man. So that's one of the um, descriptions of him. No, that's one of the names that the names, media gave him, uh, the along with like the boogeyman and stuff like that. So another was he also confessed to Billy Gaffney on February eleventh, nineteen twenty-seven. Billy who was four, was playing with two other boys, a three-year-old and a two-year-old, in a hallway of an apartment complex. The 12-year-old went, like, to go do something in his apartment, and when he came back, the three-year-old and the and Billy, the four-year-old, they were missing. However, they found the three-year-old up on the roof, and he was crying, hysterical, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, who took Billy? Where did Billy go? What's going on? And all the three-year-old said was the boogeyman took him. His body was never found. Albert denied the murder at first, but then he wrote a pretty lengthy like letter to his um, attorney describing the murder. And I'll go ahead and read that to you guys now. He said, I brought him to River Avenue dumps. So he, he brought him to the, like a dump site. There is a house that stands alone not far from where I took him. I took the, he calls him the G-boy there, Mm -hmm. stripped him naked and tied his hands and feet and gagged him. By the way, full disclaimer, this is really bad and this is a four-year-old, so I'm just going to put that out there. If you want to skip this part, you can. Um, Gagged him and put a piece of dirty rag into his, that I found in the dump into his mouth. Mm -hmm. Then I burned his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump. Then I walked back to the trolley at 2 a.m. and walked home from there. The next day at 2 p.m., I took the tools and the good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short short handle, cut cut one of my belts in half and slit. So he took like one of his belts as well. So he left the boy there from 2 a.m. to 2 o'clock the next day, tied up this four year old boy. Um, he said when he got back, I whipped him, I whipped his bear behind till it bled and blood was running down his legs. I cut off his ears, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes, and then he died. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth 
to it so I could drink the blood. I picked up four old potato sacks and stones and he like put his his um like put the body parts that he didn't take home I'm not gonna read the rest of it because I can't but basically he put the body parts that he didn't take home to like cook um he put them in a sack and like put it in the river there was a river close to there so um that's how they find that's how they found out that he murdered that boy because they had absolutely no idea until he wrote that letter to his attorney so albert said that he was told by god to do all these things so along with his hallucinations he would always say that he was an apostle basically and god was telling him that he had to do this Sometimes even, like, in trial and stuff, he would, like, cry because he, I guess he felt remorseful a little. I don't know. It's really odd. He's a monster. He he is, but at the same time, like, I don't know. So, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. The trial of Albert Fish's murder, murder of Grace uh, Bud, began March 11th, 1935 in White Plains, New York. The trial lasted only about 10 days, and Albert pled insanity. Several psychiatrists testified that his sexual fetishes included sadism, masochism, um, some of these I can't say, (laughs) pedophilia, necrophilia, um, cannibalism, exhibitionisms, yeah, all the different like they were he was they called him like a phenomenon basically because he had 13 different fetishes that most people i don't even think to this day have that many different things that they like to do you know like i can say for certain that he's mentally ill but also well this is what the jury said the jurors later said they had no doubt that he was insane but ultimately as a later jury explained they didn't care like they, yeah, they were like, yeah, care. he's insane, but I was about we want to execute it anyways. And that's what I was saying. Like, I don't, yeah, I mean, he was a monster, but he definitely was insane. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think that he was crazy from like birth or something because that either he was crazy from birth or that orphanage really fucked him up. Um, probably both. Plus, his family had a history of mental illness. So, you know, like everyone in his family. Uncles, aunt, or well, maybe not aunts, but anybody that was related to his mom's side, I believe. So, they found him to be sane and guilty. The jury did. Um, so, that way, if they, if they said he was insane, he would have just went to a mental institution. So, they claimed that he was sane, but he was also guilty. And he was sentenced to death by uh, execution. Um, of the electric chair. After the full investigation, it was estimated that he had attacked over a hundred children. And Albert actually laughed at this and he was like, it's probably more around 400. Not that he had killed that many, just that he had molested, attacked, stuff like that in the New York area and in other states in the north or north east. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's believed that he did kill at least 15 people, though. 
Albert was executed on January 16, 1936, in an electric chair in at Sing Sing. Like, that was where he was. It's called Sing Sing. Uh, I guess. I don't know. His last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. Which I thought was really weird. His known victims were Francis McDonald, Billy Gaffney, and Grace Bud, like we talked about. Suspected murder victims were Emma Richardson, five, Yetta Albert, I'm going to mess that last name up. She was 12. Robert, Robin Jane Louis, six, um, Mary O'Connor, 16, and Benjamin Collings, 17. There's actually a letter that he gave his lawyer right before he went to the execution chamber, but the lawyer said that he would never release the letter or never let anybody read it because it was so, it was filled with so much vile, filthy, disgusting things that he either did to children or thought about doing or whatnot, um, that he would never let it come to light. And still to this day, no one ever knows <laughs> what, um that letter said so but he's dead he actually helped the executioner like guy like buckle him in he said he actually said that um to be electrocuted would be like the ultimate way to die because it would give him like pleasure or something like that which probably it did i wouldn't doubt it um there's tons of like eyewitnesses as well to say that he like had his genitalia exploded or like when he was getting electrocuted oh, or okay. not like not that I'm just saying like what it was like when oh. he was electrocuted I thought they just did that no no, no 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 I was like okay no. um that he but a lot of that stuff is like I guess Probably debunked fairy tale yeah kind of things. um or like that I think, like, the, all the electricity went out in, like, the area or something like that. Like, he was some monster or something with, like, a this power. I don't know. No, he was just an old man who was really sick. Um, so, yeah, that is the story of Albert Fish. And, honestly, we could have went... I mean, I could have made this, like, a two-part series. But I didn't really want to get that depressed about all this. Yeah. Because there's just a lot. Um, but we did mention the victims, like I said, and the ones that they suspected. So This has got to be the most graphic and disturbing one I've ever heard. And I didn't even really go into some of the I've never graphic heard details. One. You never heard this one? Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, he was known, like like I said, his, he was known as the Boogeyman. That was the name that they'd given him. The Vampire of something. I always say boogeyman or vampire. They always um, say that. The gray man. Or also, there was the werewolf of Brooklyn, maybe? Also, like that. when I looked him up, because I wanted to see what he looked like, Yeah. I also saw people have tattoos of him. <laughs> that doesn't there surprise me. There are people who have paintings of him and, like, huge tattoos of him covering their entire body. And I'm like, why would you do that? I mean, if anybody thinks out there that this was wrong for them to execute him because he was mentally ill, I mean, I just... I don't know at this point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there's there's other people that we like. If you're gonna say that, then what about the toy box killer? Yeah. Like uh, David Ray, David or David Parker Ray, and his mm-hmm. last his whole name. Like he was crazy as shit, but you know he didn't go into a mental institution. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a fine line between. That's yeah. why I'm not a. I couldn't be because I would just it it just disturbs me so much that I just don't care. Yeah. Like I'm just like okay, I don't care. He needs to be punished or something. Because it's, I think also he did go into a mental mental institution for a little while, not very long. Um, I can't remember what it was for, but he went for a little bit and they declared him stable enough to leave. Like, and this was during wow. the time that he was. Like, having hallucinations and things like that. But I guess they got them under control or something. And so, he left. And he wasn't there very long. So, that's why I didn't really mention it. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that could have happened again, probably. Maybe. I don't know. But he would have died. Those mental institutions back then that they used to take murderers to, they were not friendly. Mm -hmm. So, he would have died in there anyways. Which, maybe that would have been worse than execution because apparently he got off on it we'll never know but yeah don't get a don't get a tattoo of albert fish no just don't get better idols <laughs> as bailey Sarian was saying get better idols yeah um so anyways that is that wraps up our albert fish episode um hopefully you guys didn't find this too disturbing uh, you can find like the letters and stuff that he wrote if you really want to read the whole thing. I didn't read the whole thing about Little Billy, um, but you can find those on Google probably. Um, so yeah, I don't think we have anything else to talk about. <laughs> I was trying to think if there's anything I need to say. Don't forget to go follow us on YouTube. Go give us a give us a follow, uh, what's it called a subscribe go subscribe <laughs> what's it called um follow us on apple uh, itunes and spotify oh, yeah. anywhere you listen to podcasts really and give us a review and like i said last time uh tell us in the review why you're giving us this review because we don't know you know you can give us a two star and we have no idea why so we would love to know why but anyways all right well we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you guys later Bye. Bye.